Well, praise the Lord, everybody. We're excited to be here one more time. This is just Antoine coming to you uh, with Let's Get Growing, man. We're um, we're blessed to be here. We're at day eight where we are allowing God to groom us to be the best men that we can be. We have to get on that platform that God has created for us to grow in his grace and the knowledge of his son, Jesus Christ, and allowing him and what he has laid down as an example in Jesus Christ to uh, influence our life grossly so that we can be the best men that we can be. And so we're in um, volume two uh, session um, two of uh, Quest for Authentic Manhood uh, 33, the series. And so uh, Men's Fellowship, uh, excuse me, Men Fraternity has done an excellent job and and sharing some things um, that will uh, cause us to grow as men. And so uh, I'm excited to dive in this morning and see what the Lord has to say to us as we go and um, start unpacking some things in our lives and, and um, looking at some behaviors that we have that has been historically, um, I guess, holding us back as men, holding us back as men and from growing and, and really um, flourishing in the four faces of a man. So um, I'm excited. If you have not, if you have not seen all the other sessions, you, it's just easy. Go back and, and revisit those and, and, and see um, you can check me out on YouTube, my YouTube channel. Um, be sure to subscribe as well as, um, we got on, we are on Facebook. Um, we have, uh, let's get growing man as well. We're going to put it on our website as well. And so we're just, we're just excited about what God is doing. So if you have a man in your life that you're needing to hear this and to embrace this, you need to let him get on my channel, subscribe and get this thing going because this is a new year. We, we're, we need to do some di things different if we want some different results. So let's dive into uh, session two, uh, volume two, which is our day eight. Hallelujah. Well, guys, probably the most powerful relationship in a man's life is his relationship with his dad. And uh, I think that's just because, you know, our dad was our first glimpse, our first look at what it means to be a man. Yeah, yeah. without a doubt. The challenge, though, is that society often tells us the dad really doesn't matter, mm. uh, that, that, that he really has no value. Mm. But the reality of a man's life, the dad helps shape that man immensely. Gives him his first model. He helps build that man's esteem. And so a man really can't understand where he's going until he properly begins to understand the nature of that relationship. Yeah, when I think dad and I think of a man, I just think big. Either a big shadow or a big light. And so, you know, whether you're a guy who never knew your dad and didn't know who he was, never, or your dad was there early on and then bolted or died early, or, 
Maybe you had a dad that was there physically, but not really available emotionally or spiritually or didn't try to do anything strategic or intentional with your life. Or some of us had that dad who just really was intentional and strategic and invested in the heart and soul of, 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 of his sons. And so wherever you fall on that spectrum, there's just no denying that that relationship with dad is as primal as it gets. And it has marked, for better or for worse, a man's soul. Yeah, you know, we're kind of at a crossroads here. And in, and in our experience, we've all experienced this. A lot of guys just will either choose to not deal with this and just say to hell with it and run away, or they'll step into it. And that makes the difference in their life today and also their future. Yeah, and that's what I'm going to be talking about in this session. We're going to talk about a man's relationship with his dad. My dad, my dad was, um, my dad was my best friend, basically. He um, instilled a lot of things into me. He was very instrumental in teaching me um, the responsibilities of a man. I lost my dad when I was 22. I remember the summers that my dad would take me to major league baseball games and we do road trips together and not a day goes by that I don't wish that I could talk with him or just hang out with him. I was seven years old when my father left our family. We're standing in the driveway saying goodbye and he rubbed my head like he's going to the office. And bam, he was gone. He abandoned us. How can anybody do that to a seven-year-old kid? You know what? I don't even have a dad. My dad left me, my family, and my mother for a woman who's two years older than me. Who does that? Who, who does that to a family? He destroyed our family and he just doesn't care. He was a joy to be around. You know, if I'm, if I was in a bad mood or upset about something, I'd sit down and talk with him almost instantly. I'm in a better mood, you know, and I'm laughing and I'm like, oh, you know, I was supposed to be sad. I was supposed to be angry. Well, why am I laughing right now? You know, and uh, that's just what he did. That's one of the things I really loved about him. You know, my dad, he was, he, he was more of a buddy than a father, really. You know, his whole philosophy was you work hard and you play hard. And we did play hard, played real hard. You see, my dad, he taught me, he taught me his version of what it meant to be a man. He led me down a whole lot of, lot of roads that just end up being dead ends. One bad decision after another, and I'm still paying for it to this day. My dad, my dad, my dad, my dad. Today, we're going to talk about a powerful relationship in every man's life. 
And it's the relationship between a man and his father. There's no denying the power of dad. Uh, Some of you may have grown up without a father, or maybe he was physically present, but emotionally absent. Uh, Maybe your dad was strategic and intentional in the way he raised you. The truth is, present or absent, good or bad, the father-son relationship is significant in shaping all of us. Now, don't assume if you had a good relationship with your dad that this session doesn't apply to you. Even if your experience was a very positive one, none of us were raised by a perfect father. And this has left all of us wounded to one degree or another. Uh, For some of us, it's more like a paper cut, but for others, it's a gaping wound. And what we're going to look at today will help all of us and will help us help others. It's interesting what the Bible has to say about fathers. It's, it's that dad is not only important, but in Proverbs 17.6, it says that the glory of sons is their fathers. The Hebrew word for glory means an object of pride or the reason for boasting about something. Now, we all know what that means. Sons want to take pride in their fathers and, and to brag about them. You know, my dad's faster than your dad, or my dad's smarter than your dad, or or my dad can beat up your dad. Every father gets undeserved admiration from his son the minute he comes into the world. There's just this natural instinct for a son to to worship his dad and, and to give his dad all kinds of credits, credits that he really doesn't deserve, but that's the way life starts. A father can either build on that advantage or he can squander it. Unfortunately, many dads don't embrace the opportunity to really invest in their sons. These are the facts. In 1960, 11% of children in the United States lived in a father-absent home. It's triple that today. Today, 33% of children grow up apart from their biological fathers. Now, Guys, that's one out of three. We've become a a generation that doesn't fully value the need and the power of dad. We're moving towards creating a fatherless generation. The implications are startling. Statistically, children growing up in father-absent homes are more likely to die in infancy, live in poverty, end up in prison to use drugs, to be abused, to be overweight or drop out of school. But on the other hand, the presence of fathers can add tremendous value to a child's life. Children with involved fathers are more likely to to have better grades, better verbal skills, more confidence, and better physical health. And that's just a few of the benefits. And the thing is, it's not just that two parents are better than one. Recent research indicates that fathers uniquely add value to their children. In the last session, we talked about a man and his past, and and we introduced the term manhood wounds. We defined a wound as any unresolved issue where a lack of closure adversely impacts and shapes the direction and dynamics of a man's life now. In other words, if there's unfinished business or unresolved issues from the past, it will impact the quality of a man's life now. For a lot of guys, there's a big unresolved issue in their relationship with their dad. Let's call it 
the father wound. And here's how we'll define it. The father wound is an ongoing emotional, social, or spiritual deficit that's caused by the lack of a healthy relationship with dad and now must be overcome by other means. It's emotional, it's social, it's a spiritual deficit, and it was caused when there was a lack of heart connection or companionship or substantive direction from dad. Let me ask you this. How, how do you remember your dad? If I ask you to give me three words or three phrases that just kind of summed up your relationship with your dad, what would they be? What would be the first things that just automatically rise to the surface? Would they be wonderful, warm feelings, or, or would they be hard feelings? You know, it seems like when you ask that question, there's this great divide that takes place. And most guys fall on one side or the other. And it's really not about having a perfect dad because... Let's face it, no dad is, but it's, it's about how he dealt with his imperfections. Did he face them or did he stuff them? And it's, it's about how he related to you. Most fathers struggle with that, and, and most of us probably live with some sort of father wound. I want us to look at three of the most common responses to the father wound. Here's the first one. There's anger and pain. Anger and pain. Boys that grew up without a dad or, or maybe with an abusive dad or with an, an emotionally absent dad often feel anger or pain, and they're not sure what to do with it. Uh, they don't know how to talk about it. But did you know the Bible talks about it? It shows a connection between a man's anger and his dad. There, there are two verses in particular. The first is in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. Listen to what it says. Ephesians 6, 4 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Now, this is talking about giving your children life direction and filling up their soul with substance, but it makes an interesting connection. It recognizes that if fathers don't do this, they can create anger in their children. There's another verse, Colossians 3 21 says this, it says, Fathers, do not provoke your children, or they may lose heart. Uh, in other words, fathers don't wear your children out. That's what that word provoke implies. And, and that's what happens when a father becomes over-demanding or, or when his demands and expectations aren't coupled with tenderness and affection. There was an interesting story in Sports Illustrated about NFL tight end Jeremy Shockey and the title of the article was The Revenge of Jeremy Shockey or How a Fatherless Boy from Oklahoma Poured His Rage in the Football, Stuck It to Doubting Coaches, Made Himself into the Most Explosive Young Player in the NFL and Became the Toast of New York. You see, Jeremy's father left him at a young age. And according to the article, Jeremy used football as an outlet for his anger. As kids, uh, Jeremy and his brother dreamed of who would be the first to see their father again. Not to hug him, not even to verbally confront him. Each one wanted to be the first to punch their father in the face. Now you can just feel the anger, can't you? That's because without a dad, there's a vacuum in a son's life. And part of that, of what fills that vacuum 
is rage. It's the kind of rage that often rebels against authority. And a man might not fully understand it, but he goes out into life with it. And he wants to blame somebody for it, but he's not sure who to blame. And and he hurts a lot of people. All of that comes from the father wound. There's a second response to the father wound, and, and it's this. It's just to bottle up the feelings, to not express the emotion, to pretend like you're not affected. The problem with this strategy, though, is that you often just lock everybody else out too. And if this has been your operating system, well, it might be difficult later in life to connect emotionally uh, with your wife and with your kids. Entrepreneur and hip-hop artist Jay-Z put it this way. He said, when you're growing up, your, your dad is your superhero. Once you've let yourself fall that in love with someone, once you put him on such a high pedestal and he lets you down, you never want to experience that pain again. So I remember just being really quiet and really cold, never wanting to let myself get too close to someone like that again. And I carried that feeling throughout my life until my father and I met up before he died. Do you guys want to know what the truth is? Here's the truth. You can never completely bottle it up. It'll express itself somehow. John Sowers, author of the book Fatherless Generation, says, fatherlessness creates an appetite in the soul that demands fulfillment. And guys, this hunger will find its way to the surface. It can come out in extreme behaviors like uh, addictions or obsessions. Anger is one way a son expresses pain, but addictions are a way he suppresses the pain. You just try and numb it out. There's this space in the heart of a son that can only be filled by dad. And he should have filled it as he loved you and cared for you. But for many of us, that didn't happen. And it's tempting to fall into things like uh, drugs and alcohol, uh, pornography and, and sex to try and numb the pain. But it never really goes away. So we keep self-medicating. And now we're hurting ourselves and those we love. A lot of men try and numb the pain through performance. They become workaholics or performance junkies. And they're always performing for a, for a dad who wasn't there, acting like an invisible dad is somehow watching now. And maybe this time he'll be impressed. But all the accomplishments never seem like they're enough. That's why it's so important in our journey toward authentic manhood to look back because sometimes we find ourselves locked into addictions, behaviors, or patterns we don't understand. And by finding the root of the behavior, it can help us to move beyond it. A third symptom of the father wound is an inner sense of lostness or uh, incompleteness. Maybe it doesn't come out as anger or bottling it up, but inside, we just feel weightless. We feel lost and There's something missing and and we feel it. Sometimes this incompleteness can be relational. Uh, We never felt like we were accepted or validated by our dad. Uh, We wanted a father who would praise our accomplishments and declare manhood upon us and, and bless our future. But it never happened. 
And that can foster an insecurity or shame in us. This incompleteness can also be uh, informational. Uh, in other words, our dad never taught us how to, to shave or, or, or to balance our checking account or, or how to pursue a woman. And so now, now we feel like there's this secret male knowledge out there somewhere, and every guy knows it but us. like you walk like talk like even think like you the only one i could look to you're teaching me to be just like you well i just gotta be like like i just gotta be like you my story you know begins with a, a mother and a father who um you know, accidentally got pregnant and um, we're trying to make the most of it and obviously it didn't work. A lot of drugs and, and uh, you know, domestic problems involved and, and uh, you know, they end up splitting and uh, I lose contact with him altogether. Never hear from him, um, no birthday, Christmas cards, anything along those lines. But I felt like, um, you know, I may have been the cause and I remember kind of asking, you know, where's my dad and uh, my mother just kind of trying to protect his image and not let me know, you know, that he may have been a drug addict or anything along those lines. But I really, um, whether or not it was spoken or not, started to feel as if it was probably my fault or maybe I wasn't, um, something was wrong with me because he wasn't reaching out to me. And so I just wanted to know um, who he was and I felt like there was a part of me that was missing and I didn't understand and there was some significance that I just really didn't have because he wasn't in my life. Yeah, I just want to be like you. I just want to be like you. Walk like, talk like, even think like, like you. The only one I could look to. You're teaching me to be just like you. Just kind of left me um, feeling definitely empty, definitely frustrated, and definitely insignificant and insecure because I didn't have that father-son relationship. It wasn't until um, I'm a believer, I'm, I'm a Christian, I became a Christian my, my uh, first year in college, um, that I started to feel a sense of significance. And actually me becoming a Christian had a lot to do with someone explaining that Jesus died for me and I was bought with the price. And so there was some worth and some value there and God made me in his image. And so I didn't know that, but I knew that that gave me a sense of, of purpose. And and so I was willing to kind of pursue this relationship with Jesus. The song, Just Like You, I wrote um, after really being able to wrap my hands around, um, one, what it was to be a man. You know, so now I had this mental ascent of what masculinity was. And I could also backtrack all the things that led up to my emptiness and just kind of that, that place where I finally was ready to say, okay, look, I'm here. W what do I need to do, God? It just kind of culminates in the last verse where I say, you know, I was created by God, but I didn't want to be like him. I wanted to be him. And it was, it was kind of like, man, I just wanted to be my own God. You know, I wanted to be the captain of my own ship. I never saw Jesus as masculine. I never saw Jesus as um, the, 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 the prototype for what a man should look like. And now Jesus is my prototype. Jesus is the ultimate man and Jesus is the model for manhood. And, and it's a sigh of relief for me because I can say, okay, I can follow Jesus and I wanted to be just like them, but now I want to be just like him.
moving in steps Jesus all men were created to lead but we needed somebody to lead us more than a teacher but somebody to buy us back from the darkness you can say he redeemed us taught us that real leaders follow God finish the work because we on our job taught us not to rhyme but give life love a wife like you love the church without seeing how many hearts we can break first you know I'm, I'm a product of of all the pain all the hurt and I'm grateful for all the truths now that I can use to combat that. There's anger and pain, the bottling up of a feeling. And there's an inner sense of lostness or incompleteness. These are three of the most common ways we can see men affected by the father wound. The absence of a great father is not insurmountable. We don't have to be dominated by our past. With Christ's help, we can overcome any obstacle. We're going to talk more specifically about that in session four, but right now, I want to answer this question. What is it that every son wants and needs from his father? It's important to understand the answer to this question because it not only helps us fully understand our own father wound reality, but it also helps guard us from inflicting this wound on our sons. So here's the answer. There are five things that are essential for a healthy father and son relationship. Here's the first one. Time together. Just time together. Experiences that build lifelong positive memories. Time together puts weight into a son's soul that steadies him for life. I mean, it, it's stuff like just taking a walk together, climbing a mountain together, working on a project together, or taking a special trip together. Just me and dad. That's what your son is thinking. Just me and dad. And you know what else he's thinking? He's thinking, dad didn't just love me. He really liked me. I mean, he's supposed to love me, but he enjoys being with me. Kids will grow up in your presence when, when they know you truly enjoy them. That's what time together does. Secondly, a son needs life skills. Life skills. Training must go beyond what he learns from books. Uh, we must equip our son with practical life skills that will help him succeed so he won't be uh, standing around uh, when the hood's up on the car, looking at the motor, wondering what it is. Uh, he'll know where the oil stick is, and he'll know what to do with it. He'll know how to check his tires. He'll know how to tie his tie. He'll know how to write a thank you note. He'll know proper dinner etiquette. Well, I guess that means that we as dads will have to know proper dinner etiquette too. But you don't want your son to be fumbling around when he's 18 or even in his 20s having to ask some other guy how to act because that breeds insecurity. He'll know how to manage his bank account. He'll know how to save money and spend less than he makes. He'll know how to uh, set his own alarm and, and, and get, get up by himself. He'll know how to keep his room clean. He'll know how to act on a date with a woman. He'll know how to share his heart. He won't feel like a fool in life because you have trained him up in the way he should go. Every son needs practical life skills like that from his dad. Here's a third thing. Every son needs direction from his dad with solid answers to the why questions of life. 
You see, uh, more than just life skills, he needs a philosophy from dad for what life is all about. And so you need to be talking to your son about what's really important, the higher things, the noble things. Having spiritual conversations in your family should be normal. Uh, Your son needs to be comfortable talking to you about deep things, not not just hunting, sports, and cars. I mean, those discussions are great, but by themselves, they won't give a son direction in life. Here's a fourth essential. A son needs to establish deep life convictions, and much of this comes from his, his dad's modeling. Write this down. This is an important statement. You will leave in your son what you have lived out in your home. You see, it's not just what you say, it's what you do. And it's the way you react to situations. It's it's the way he sees you make choices. When a son sees his dad model godly behavior, that is what builds conviction and a certain security about life. Finally, and most of all, What every son needs is his dad's heart. He needs his dad's heart. Every son needs to be loved by dad. Every son needs to be affirmed by dad. And every son needs his father's blessing. That's how a father gives his heart to his son. There really needs to be some marked moments where a father can cast a vision for his son, where he can affirm his strengths and gifts and and commit to help him step in to that future vision. There's nothing that gives more weight and value to a son than to have his dad put his arm around him at strategic moments and look at him and say, Son, I love you, and I am so proud of you. Every son loves to hear his dad say, You're good at something. You know, God our Father exhibited the importance of a son hearing these three things. When he spoke from heaven in Matthew 17, 5, he said, This is my son whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. And then he said, Listen to him. You know, this is God saying, I, I love you, my son. I'm proud of you, and I'm affirming your teaching skills. You really do have a lot of good things to say. There's nothing more powerful in a son's life than dad's heart. Now, men, those are the essentials. If a son doesn't get time with his dad or some life skills or some direction, some convictions or some heart, then it leaves this huge vacuum and void in his life. Well, guys, we've talked about what the father wound is and some of the most common ways it can affect a man. And now you know what every son needs from a father. So I want you to process all of that. How does it apply to you? Can you identify with the anger and pain? Or maybe trying to bottle up all those feelings? Or just that sense of lostness or incompleteness? Maybe your dad gave you all those essentials. So I want you to think about how you can be grateful for it grateful to God and and to your dad, and, and maybe how you can honor your dad for it. But then, I want you to think about how you can take this knowledge and use it to help others who have been wounded. There are men all around us who need our help.
And that's what authentic men do. We roll up our sleeves and we help others. If you've been impacted by the father wound, we're not going to pour salt in it and leave you hanging. Okay, we're going to show you how to deal with it in session four. We're going to show you how to heal and how to break free from it. As a boy, I shared a game with my father. We played it every morning till I was three. He would knock, knock on my door, and I'd pretend to be asleep till he got right next to the bed. Then I would get up and jump into his arms. Good morning, Papa. And my poppy would tell me that he loved me. We shared a game, knock, knock, to that day when the knock never came. And my mama takes me on a ride past cornfields on this never-ending highway to reach a place of high, rusty gates. A confused little boy entered the building, carried in my mama's arms, knock, knock. Reach a room of windows and brown faces. Find one of the windows sits. My father, I jump out of my mama's arms and run joyously towards my papa's, only to be confronted by this window. I knock, knock, trying to break through the glass, trying to get to my father. I knock, knock as my mama pulls me away before my pop even says a word. And for years, he has never said a word. And so years later, I write these words of the little boy in me who still awaits his papa's knock. Papa, come home because I miss you. Miss you waking me up in the mornings and telling me you love me. Papa, come home because things I don't know and I thought maybe you could teach me how to shave, how to dribble a ball, how to talk to a lady, how to walk like a man. Papa, come home because I decided a while back I want to be just like you, but I'm forgetting who you are. And years later, a little boy cries, and so I write these words, and I try to heal, and I try to father myself, and I dream up a father who says the words my father did not. Dear son, I'm sorry, I never came home. Every lesson I failed to teach here these words. Shave in one direction with strong, deliberate strokes to avoid irritation. Dribble the page with the brilliance of your ballpoint pen. Walk like a child of God and your wife will come to you. No longer will I be there to knock on your door. You must learn to knock for yourself. Knock, knock down doors of racism and poverty that I could not. Knock, knock on doors of opportunity for the lost brilliance of the men who crowd these cells. Knock, knock with diligence for the sake of your children. Knock, knock for me, for as long as you are free, these prison gates cannot contain my spirit. The best of me still lives in you. Knock, knock with the knowledge that you are my son, but you are not my choices. Yes, we are our father's sons and daughters, but we are not their choices. But despite their absences, we are still here, still alive, still breathing with the power to change this world. One little boy and girl at a time. Knock, knock. Who's there? We are. Well, guys, as promised, this is a weighty issue, this whole idea of a man and his father. And, you know, as I was sitting there listening to that, I was thinking about, you know, kind of dual processing this as my relationship with my dad and the thoughts that were conjured up and thinking about the words that come to my mind when that idea is brought forward. And then also kind of 
my role now as a father and my five kids. And so, boy, this is an issue for a lot of men. It is. It is. It's a it's a it's a major issue. Um, my my dad had a tremendous influence in my life. I mean, we had a somewhat of a strained relationship as adults, but growing up, he was simply amazing. I mean, he was a father to me and my two brothers, but he also was just kind of a community figure. He parented all the boys on the block. He did, he coached, he was a pastor, but he took seriously that role of influencing that next generation. So I'm very grateful for that. That's great. You guys remember that stat, uh, one out of three men grow up without a dad? Mm-hmm. You know, that's uh, that's kind of shocking, but there are three of us at this table. Uh, I would be that one out of three that grew up without a dad. Uh, that was a big impact on my life that I just stuffed, even into my 20s. And it wasn't until I faced that father wound and dealt with it that I was able to, to move on in my journey towards authentic manhood. Yeah, and that's exactly where we're going in a couple sessions right. is kind of looking into how do you reconcile those situations? How do you step into those redemptively and really find healing? Um, next session, we, we look at mom and uh, the relationship between a, a man and his mom and those two central figures in a man's life, dad and mom. And um, yeah, that's where we'll be next session. She's an amazing woman, simply amazing. Mom is amazing. I never really thought about the impact she had on my manhood, on my masculinity. We need to really look at that relationship. Mom are significant people in our life. They are strategically positioned by God to help shape and mold the son. Sometimes that influence can end up as a wound in a man's life. What do you do when you're trying to be released, but mom won't let go? Well, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Um, What a powerful lesson about dads um, and how they influence our lives and how we, you know, if we don't embrace um, what has happened in the relationship that we may have that we didn't have and how that has affected us, um, we can't really move forward. And so we're going to continue to unpack these uh, wounds and then start dealing with them and um, taking them to a uh, to to the Lord and allowing the Lord to really minister to us so that we can overcome that we can heal and then that we can advance and then be that dad where uh, that God is calling us to be to the sons and the daughters that are in our lives and 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 maybe not just um, those that are in our lives but um, the men that we come in contact with, that we can share this information that we have gained and this knowledge that we have gained and share with them and show them how to be better fathers. And so we're excited about it. This is just Antoine. I'll see you at the top. Bye for now.